Welcome to The Pet Perspective. This episode, I'm talking to Katie Scott-Dyer, who is a registered clinical animal behaviorist working with cats and dogs. And we're going to be talking about the trials and tribulations of Halloween and firework night, especially if you have an anxious pet. So Katie's going to be giving us lots of tips on how to help your anxious cat or dog um, this, uh, this month. Thank you for joining us, Katie. You're welcome. It's nice to be here. It's great to have you and I'm actually definitely looking forward to this episode because my dog is a little bit jumpy and does get a bit nervous around fireworks so I'm really looking forward to hearing how I can how I can help him. So why then Katie um, can this season be especially difficult for our pets? What is it about Halloween and about firework night that makes our cats makes our dogs a little bit nervous? Mm, Okay so it could be that things have changed there's less predictability in their environment and as species they they get information from their environment yeah they don't have google as such the, the, the environment is their google um and they can't ask us they can't ask their mates or anything like that so when things are changing and it starts to predict basically unpredictable things especially if it's scary things happening around them it can make them feel anxious or even more anxious and it Mm -hmm. completely depends on the individuals Mm -hmm. and do you think that post-pandemic this has actually gotten a little bit more serious Um, have you seen a rise in in anxious dogs especially yeah yeah I have to say I think just anecdotally there have been um, many more cases that I've Mm -hmm. seen that literally have the anxiety um, label Mm -hmm. so it's Halloween then lots of people might be ringing on my doorbell or more people than usual right might be ringing on my on my doorbell what is the best way to make sure this isn't stressful for my pet should I ask people not to knock if my dog's barking for example what should I do how can I help my dog in that situation Again, that depends. So if they're barking at the door because it's a scary thing for them, we need to try to change what that means for them either by not having that in the first place, which is tricky. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. Forgive the pun. <laughs> tricky. <free. laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> but it's, it's important to kind of like think about it in how they think in their in their kind of way mm-hmm. of thinking their terms they don't know what it is behind the door why mm-hmm. that door is being mm-hmm. banged more because there's trick-or-treaters there or, or, or whatever mm-hmm. especially if they get to the door the humans opening the door and there's all these kind of scary people you know mm-hmm. all kind of like you know perhaps making lots of noises and things and it could freak them out so you could go down the route of asking nobody to uh, to knock on the door, mm-hmm. which I think for the really scared ones, that would be the first thing to do this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and then work on helping them feel better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you can help them um, see that the, the knock on a door is actually a nice thing. So what you're saying is you've almost got to reprogram your dog's expectations of what's behind the door. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Reset button. Love it. How might I do that? I want to reset my dog's perceptions of that that someone coming to the door is a bad thing. How can I do that? Training. (laughs) Um, There's there's a little process called counter conditioning. 
So it's basically mm-hmm. adding something pleasant to that situation um, to try and help them reframe what they feel about it. Mm-hmm. And it is very individual. Yeah, you mm-hmm. could do this with cats and dogs, depending mm-hmm. on, again, it's that level of how they're feeling about it as to what we do. Um, and it, it's basically, you pair perhaps food, yeah, most animals, in fact, all animals, if they're alive, are food motivated, some more than others. Mm-hmm. Um, door knock or a, a sound that's similar to a door knock means nice stuff's going to happen. Yeah, here's your treat. So can you describe yeah. step by step how an owner might try this counter conditioning with their dog? Right. Okay, cool. So basically they would make a noise that sounds like a knock or use like a a sound app or something that Mm -hmm. has a similar sound or record somebody knocking at their door. And they would play it at a kind of low enough level that it doesn't make the dog or the cat bark, meow or, you know, whatever. And then you give them a treat. Mm -hmm. And I would always give that treat in a specific location. For me, personally, I like doing that in their beds because mm-hmm. their beds are their safe space. Mm-hmm. But also it teaches them where to be mm-hmm. after they hear a door knock. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it, they can kind of um, learn that the, there's a sequence of events. Door mm-hmm. knock, go to bed, get treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And over time, you can have the noise sounding more and more realistic, maybe even from that direction. And they'll now know because you've been practicing with all this fun, like treats and yummy stuff, you know, mm-hmm. dreamies or whatever the cats like, bit of licky licks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> crap for cats. Um, and it, you then find that they start putting themselves there, anticipating getting something nice. And again, though, it's very individual on the dog and with the cat. That's really interesting. So you're encouraging them to do a behaviour that you want or the behaviour that's calm for them uh, mm-hmm. rather than um, kind of encouraging them to jump up and bark. Because I guess if the dog's going crazy and barking and then you let the person in, it's almost perpetuating that behaviour, isn't it? Absolutely. And if they're jumping up at the people kind of who are there or coming in, that might also be a stress response Mm -hmm. because they've and it's already amplified because they've been experiencing the door knock and scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. It's quite a nifty little thing to do with them. And it's easy. So it's all about encouraging a calm behaviour rather than um, in- encouraging inadvertently a kind of crazy behaviour or, or a jumping up or a scared mm-hmm. behaviour. Yeah. How long does that take to do? Is it something I can start now and expect it to be ready in a couple of days? Maybe. Depends. <laughs> if my dog's a miracle. <laughs> right. There's certain breeds that seem to be like quicker on the uptake than, um, <laughs> you know, than others. But it, again, it's so dependent on their um, experiences and Mm -hmm. feelings and how good your treats are and Mm -hmm. you know all that kind of stuff so it it depends but you could in in realistic terms you've got a few weeks until Halloween Mm -hmm. but the likelihood is is you're starting it now with a view for it being perfect by next time So it takes a long time and I guess it's going to take consistency as well I know with my pups that 
if he goes to stay with someone else for a week or I'm a bit lax with his recall, for example, for a couple of weeks, he takes steps backwards and he's a four-year-old dog. Mm-hmm. And this is it. It's a process. And it's never going to be A to B in a straight line. It's going to be squiggly. <laughs> yeah, it'll be everywhere. A very squiggly line. So what about costumes then? Even the calmest of dog, maybe, might be a little bit surprised to see three people in, in costumes or weird big hats or whatever at the door. What can I do there? That's a really good question. I Personally, I love dressing up. <laughs> <laughs> so your dog's used to it. <laughs> used to it, yeah. Um, but if they're not used to it, if it's something that they are likely to find scary, so let's say you already know that they are frightened of, say, people in high vis mm-hmm. or hats or mm-hmm. um, gloves even, you know, umbrellas, um, you're going to be looking at probably they're going to be scared. Mm-hmm. So either they don't come to the door with you, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. hence you're teaching them to go to their beds when they hear the door, so they're not near it then in theory anyway unless you unless your bed's right next to the door mm-hmm. but also you could think about not having the trick-or-treaters that year whilst mm-hmm. you're working on them being familiar with people mm-hmm. looking different because mm-hmm. bearing in mind costumes change um your appearance to them and it mm-hmm. can also change how the human behaves mm-hmm. as well you know mm-hmm. so they might be like you know if they're a, a mummy they might be like you know hands yeah, up yeah. in the air you know uh, kind of thing and that might be really really intimidating to yeah. them so we want to do what we can to minimize them feeling scared about mm-hmm. it so either no exposure initially mm-hmm. um gradually introduce them to it and over the the, the coming weeks and months towards next time is the humans in the house where things are slightly mm-hmm. different and just go about their own business. It's a good excuse to just wear a silly hat one day mm-hmm. or put on a, a sparkly jacket or something that you can, under the guise of it being a training process for your Absolutely. dog. <laughs> when I used to do uh, puppy and dog training classes years ago, I would always have at least one week where either myself or the mm-hmm. owners would all be coming in something like a wig or fancy dress <laughs> or something like that. It was great. And you just pair it with the the treats or just crack on with the lesson and the dogs are kind of just get used to it it's great (laughs) get used to the the their owner looking a little bit weird sometimes yeah Yeah, that's That's really interesting how about fireworks then so Mm. fireworks is a little bit different isn't it it's almost more common i think for people to say that their pet is scared of fireworks yeah uh, in fact, I think there was a survey and, and a quarter of, of people said that their, their pet was scared of the fireworks and it was something they wished they could change. Mm. What is it about fireworks and pets that just don't yeah. go well together? It's, it's, it's quite bad, isn't it? I'm surprised that number isn't higher. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this time of year, my, my cases increase for, for firework mm-hmm. phobias and things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's scary for them. Again, it's it's unpredictable for them in the environment it's possibly the end of the world in there yeah in their in their opinion and we know what it is why and when it's going to happen well sort of Mm -hmm. it's a bit bit unpredictable for the humans now really isn't it it's not just one night anymore it's scary that's true though we can't just sit our our dog or cat down and explain that it's just a party and for fun they they honestly have no idea what's Mm. going on outside Absolutely. And I love fireworks. I think they're amazing. But I I 
do feel for the animals you know wildlife everything it, it it's big loud bangs in the environment weird smells you know the um gunpowder and so on it, it's scary for them so i guess there's two um kind of roots of action here then is that you've got say you've got a puppy perhaps and there are things you can do maybe to stop them from ever developing a fear of fireworks and then there are the owners that might have a a dog or a cat that's already scared of fireworks so we're going to talk about both but first let's imagine that I've got a puppy um who is three four five six months old right now and I want to start them off um not being scared of fireworks what can I do so there's apps there's sounds that you can like just download off the internet that mm-hmm. sound like fireworks and again it's that minimal exposure you see you can play them to puppy mm-hmm. in a low enough level that it's not scary it's not the mm-hmm. realistic sound and just have it playing in the background mm-hmm. and then they they what's called habituate to it so they get used to it nice and slowly sometimes you can pair it with some nice treats for them with their dinner with playing but we want to kind of introduce it nice and slowly in a way that they're not going to be scared of it so again nice and quietly but if they've been born um at a certain time of the year as well they may have already had some exposure um at a stage where they're not going to be frightened of it so Mm -hmm. they're, they're young enough that it's happened but they're not startled enough by the fireworks going off because of the age that they're at Mm -hmm. but if they're older and they've already had experience or none at all they can be really scared of it because it just suddenly happens right no warning it's all about again similar to the people coming to the door it's about building up a positive association between Mm -hmm. the sounds of fireworks and a treat or a reward or some fusses rather Mm -hmm. than allowing it to be a surprise absolutely spawn so i guess every meal time has to be a a soundtrack to fireworks in the in the house if you've got a puppy. It could be, yeah <laughs> I, do, I do remember being really sick of hearing the sound scary cd playing over and over and over and over again but actually it's so worth it yeah because they get they get used to it in a in that happy way it just yeah. becomes part of their life it's background noise literally so that's what you can do for perhaps puppies or younger dogs who are not yet terrified of fireworks let's say what if i have got a dog who's genuinely terrified of fireworks and i want to try and make it better mm. what can i do okay the first thing if it's going to be this year you you haven't got time to help them feel better yeah it's going to be triaging basically mm-hmm. yeah vets is the first thing get them to the vets ask about what they could do to help get through the worst of it mm-hmm. if necessary and you can find somewhere go somewhere out of the way of all the fireworks yeah go 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 for a break somewhere with your dog where it's unlikely that you're going to come across fireworks and if you are then you've got some help from the vets Mm -hmm. and then you can spend the next year helping them with what's called a process it's it's called desensitization and counter conditioning so it's the minimal exposure adding something pleasant eventually so it's 
change their minds. And would you recommend anyone that really does have a very anxious dog that they do seek help from someone yes. like yourself? Absolutely. It's a welfare issue, basically. Mm-hmm. If they're feeling extreme panic, then, yeah, seek help. And you would do the same if it was for you as mm-hmm. well, I, mm-hmm. I would imagine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, from, from a welfare perspective, getting getting that help sooner rather than later is going to be better for the animal and for you, yeah. Because the longer it goes on, the harder it gets. And the harder to undo, I guess, traumatic mm. kind of memories, yeah. um, the longer they've been there. And how would you recommend someone goes about that? Should they look on the internet? Should they go to their vet? What's the best course of action? Yeah, so um, definitely asking their vets for a for referral to a clinical behaviourist. Um, a lot of vets will have a list of their own um, preferred behaviourists that they like working with. Um, if not, then going to organisations like the Animal Behaviour Training Council, where it's it's not a foolproof way being able to find somebody but there's member organizations on there where people have been vetted and assessed to a certain level like myself um where you can choose somebody to help you and if they're working to a clinical behavior level they will get vet referral anyway so we don't work without having that that veterinary referral process anyway but that's that's the first thing to do is the vets um, it's been incredibly interesting and useful um, hearing all of these tips and tricks, Katie, on how we can help our pets to be less scared of, of noises and strangers. If you had to give, before we go, before we finish, if you had to give one piece of advice for a pet owner with a new pet, they have this this fresh new pet and the world is its oyster, what advice would you give them in terms of um, how they can help develop a healthy Happy pet that is not scared of noises and strangers. Mm, excellent. Uh, so it depends on how old the animal is. Yeah. Um, if they're super young, yeah, they're literally brand new, um, not just brand new to them, then that that habituation introduce calm, quiet, pleasant things. Yeah. Whilst the noises are going on. Even if you need to work with somebody like myself, a good trainer, um, just to help them get them off on the right track, yeah. Um, a, a good training class will introduce this as well. And if it's an older pet, then again, you can work with someone like myself under veterinary referral. Um, and again, introducing the, the calm training methods with positive associations. And if it's a higher level of anxiety, work with your vets in conjunction with your your, your clinical behaviourist um, to long-term benefit, yeah, the, the, the animal. Um, but also making sure with, when you are working with an animal who does have these anxieties is making sure, like you said, there's, there, there's no underlying clinical cause. Because quite often in um, cases where they've got noise sensitivities, about 82%, I think is the right number, have got an underlying clinical cause that's causing the the anxiety so it's always better to seek advice first before trying to do everything by yourself but it's 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 trying to help them in that positive way it's the way forward well thank you so much katie hopefully this helps uh, an owner or two if not this year then in the future um to having a less 
stressed pet. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.